Hi everyone, it's Hannah. And Holly, and we're just here to say that um, if you are enjoying the show and you want to show us some support, we now have a Patreon, um, which will be linked in the description. So head on over there. We've got very exciting things coming, uh, including Celebrity Corner and Bad Book Club. So if that's something you'd like to hear more about, go check it out. And thank you for your enduring support. We love you. Enjoy the podcast. Hello! It's Hannah and Holly. It is Holly. Sorry, I didn't introduce myself. I just decided... Come on, Holly. (laughs) Don't don't be shy. Introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about yourself, Holly. It's Holly. Tell me a little bit. What do you want to know? um, (laughs) Tell me a a fact that maybe I wouldn't know. Oh, no. (laughs) put you on the spot there. Did you know that the phrase... Um, good night, sleep tight. Comes yeah. from the times when bed like mattresses used to be, or bed frames used to be ropes. So if like you had to have the bed ropes tight, or you would fall through the mattress. I didn't know that at all. <laughs> and also, what I find funny is, I said, "Tell me a fact that I don't know," kind of meaning about you, about and you chose selflessly <laughs> to tell me. Facts about bed frames. A fun fact. <laughs> Which I think says, a l- like, that's told us all we need to know about your character. That instead of <laughs> saying anything about yourself, you went straight to... Trivia. <laughs> yeah. Which, honestly, I respect more. And it shows she's down to earth. She but doesn't I, just talk I, about herself. I think we're at this point where I don't think you know nothing about me. Well, okay, I think it's one of those things that occasionally you might say something... That's really interesting, and I'll be like, no, I never knew that, and I can't believe you've never mentioned that. Um, or like maybe you explain something a bit more in depth. I'm sure there's some part of your history I don't know, but it'd be hard to hard to pinpoint. Think of. But um, I had you were in my dream last night. Ooh, tell me, I love being in people's dreams. <laughs> well, it's kind of mundane because I, the rest of it's a blur. But we were doing the podcast. Excellent. But we were doing it in my house. But because of social distancing, you were sat on my stairs and I was sat just outside my room, which is way too much distance. Um, And it was just a a massive mess because basically you got a phone call midway through and instead of like turning it off or declining it, you picked it up. So at that point, I decided I'd check my audio, which I'm actually going to do now because yeah okay it's working um basically i checked my audio my microphone wasn't in so it was recording on my computer and this is a bit of history um the recording facilities on my computer are very bad it picks up every single bit of background noise it's not good so i was panicking about that meanwhile also panicking about we're just recording this whole phone call that you're having and I was trying to like make jokes through it and you were on the phone to someone called Bella and I was like making jokes about it being Bella Swan oh, and I was no. just laughing away to myself and then it turned out you were having a really serious phone call with someone and I'd just been making jokes throughout it and then you just started looking really sad so if any of that starts to happen oh my god well, Hannah is a witch <laughs> But I hope it doesn't, because it seemed like you were having a very sad phone call, and I was just laughing my way through it. 
on bad microphone quality. Some podcasts where they've done that, where they've just like picked up halfway through and just rolled with it. Like if you're so like, I imagine if you're as famous as Joe Rogan or someone, yeah, and someone phoned you and you would just be like, "Oh no, I'm not going to stop the record for this. <laughs> I'm too good." <laughs> But I think there's a way where it could be done in a comedic way. You know, mm. your phone's ringing. It's already embarrassing enough. So just pick it up. You could prank, start a prank call. Yeah, that's what I would like. Or say it's Joe Rogan. Someone famous could be calling him. They could put them on speakerphone. <laughs> You've got a guest. Instant guest. <laughs> Maybe we should just do an episode of this where we just call our friends and just <laughs> see what they're up to. If we run out of ideas, just call them. You joke you joke about that, but Catherine Ryan's podcast has a segment where she does just phone her <laughs> people she knows. <laughs> like her mum and her dad and her sister. That's nice though. They, I, you know Ry, Rylan from like English TV, not Shane Dawson's you, you know Man, Rylan yes. from from like Big Brother and stuff. X Factor fame. He hosts BBC Radio Two on like a Sunday, Saturday, something like that. And I just caught the end of it the other week. And he has a segment where he just calls his mum and they just have a chat. <laughs> That's what you want. That's the level yeah, of like... it was really lovely. And it was just a really mundane chat about how she'd had to go to hospital because she'd hurt, she'd hurt herself falling down the stairs. <laughs> so maybe we should do that. Yeah. I... I don't lay in during the week, because if I did, I would get nothing done. Yeah. So I really take advantage of weekends. I think because it's, yeah, I think it's the problem of being unemployed. Um, yeah. Because I feel like when my friends say, oh, I haven't been waking up till 11 because there's nothing to do. I'm like, I wish I could do that. But you're yeah, going same. back to university, and I'm not, so I can't yeah. do that, or else I'm literally like this <laughs> lolling, Here's like... The- yeah, because the thing is, like, I'll say to my mum during the week, I'll be like, oh, I wish I could have a lay-in tomorrow. And she'll be like, y- you know you can because you're unemployed. You have nothing else to do. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, but uh, if I did, I would just, I would do nothing when I woke mm-hmm. up. I'd never feel productive after a lay-in. I just am lazy. So I have to force productivity by waking up early, being productive until about 12, and then feeling tired for the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, and it's justified if you want to take a two-hour nap in the afternoon because you've done stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I actually haven't had a nap in a while, and I feel quite sad about that. Oh, you were the I'm nap very queen. very passionate about naps. I love a nap. You love naps. I used to have a nap. I swear at uni I would have, like, a nap once a day. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm very productive in the morning. Yeah. I'm very much a morning person. As soon as it hits afternoon, Can't I, do it. I'm not. No, I'm too tired. The wind is out of why. me. Yeah. Why? And, and I say this to my family and they're like, you will struggle with employment. <laughs> yeah, because you have to work until five in most jobs. How? I, I know that that seems awful, but... <laughs> because I have worked long shifts, but like that's been doing like on my feet constantly. Which I'm not saying it's easy, but when you're on your feet constantly... You're doing stuff. There's no risk of feeling like sleepy or yeah. drifting off i don't understand how you sit in an office for that long and stay awake I d- yeah how it's i would struggle the human body is not made for it we don't want to be employed <laughs> sorry that no employment's wrong the way it is is wrong mm-hmm. 
And by not getting a job, I'm protesting it. Yeah, this is me peacefully protesting against yeah. the systems that be. I don't I don't want to work. <laughs> no. <laughs> not to self sabotage myself if a future employer <laughs> listens to this podcast, but Yeah, if my future employer listens, um I would love to work for your company and I'm grateful I for the opportunity. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I just worry about going to interviews and just having to sell out. Just Oh, you know. Hannah, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but you, like, go to an interview and you despise the company. Yeah. You know? It's like the height of capitalism. Mm-hmm. And you have to sit there and say, yeah, I want this job. Hire me for this job. And I just think that's something I'll have to do at one point in my life. Yeah. Well, my interview so, recent last week because we are yeah. we are unemployed, but we're making we, efforts. Yeah, don't get us wrong. We're trying. We're trying hard. And the interviewer asked um, if the job I applied for was going to be a stopgap. What? In employment, if I was going to leave in six months, which is kind of what I was okay. planning on doing. And then yeah. I had to say to her straight out, I was like, "Well, I don't." Because that's true, but I didn't want to yeah. say that because <laughs> I was yeah. like, getting called out immediately. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know, I've had to move back home. Like, I, it's, I'm trying to build a new foundation for my life here. Like, yeah. you know, do something different. And then, but she was like, yeah, but this isn't your end goal. So you've been very honest in your cover letter. And I want to be honest with you. The interview lasted oh. for five minutes. And um, I was politely declined. <laughs> It's almost like if you were in, if you were honest in the cover letter, in telling them that you it wouldn't be a long. It's not my fix, end goal, yeah. Why, why did they give you the interview? I don't know. I think people are because I've put on my cover letter and my CV that I'm a writer. Yeah. So I think people are intrigued by it a little bit. So maybe they just want to listen to me squirm. <laughs> I I think it's a good maybe that's just something people should put in their CV because it's like a hook. Yeah. If people see it, just put something very rogue in your CV, <laughs> and people are gonna read it and think I want to hear more about that. <laughs> As I apply for customer service assistance. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer when you apply for a job, never hearing back, or getting an email that's like. Basically, we have a ton of people who are more qualified for the job, so no. I think getting the email letting me know that I haven't been successful, because otherwise, you're just waiting for weeks, and yeah. you're like, oh, what, whatever happened with them? I must have just... <laughs> I forget. Yeah. Sometimes I get emails from people saying, you you know, you're not, you've not got to the next stage, and I think, I have no memory of ever applying for your yet. job. So I can't be too sad about it, because... Don't I, I don't even, you, you don't live in my brain. <laughs> I've moved on. But yeah. So yeah, there's the boring part of our life. Well, yeah, I was, you asked me about an interesting fact about me that you and didn't we know. we talked about unemployment. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us, tell us, okay, if you can't provide me an interesting fact, <laughs> tell me something about your week. Well, I've, we've just come back from Huddersfield. Yeah. With the beautiful county of West Yorkshire, God's own country, county. God's own country. I think it's either. I think you can say country or county. It does feel like it should be its own country at some point. It does. You know, 
I think that it should be. Yeah. But I, it's something I question a lot, but I think... Because it's movie, a county. Oh, yeah, the movie. Yeah, it, so it should be, but it should be county, logically. But I think it's country. God's own country. But then my dad always refers to Scotland as God's own country. <laughs> it's so a lot of debate in the household. Because <laughs> he's actually talking about a country and we're talking oh. about a county. I was going to ask you if it's come from like a Bible bit that yeah. they called Yorkshire. Is that true? Did Jesus say this is God's own country? I I very strongly doubt it. <laughs> I think he probably called somewhere God's own country county. I don't think it was Yorkshire. Jerusalem. It, <laughs> probably. I don't... I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think that Jesus made his way over to Yorkshire. <laughs> on his travels. On his world tour. I don't... Yeah, I don't think he hopped on an aeroplane, headed over and thought, you know what, this is where I belong. I love that you don't think, like, there is a small possibility we that it could have happened. He was walking across the water. He could have had a he long could have crossed walk. the channel, yeah. Yeah, crossed the channel, come over, <laughs> walked over to Yorkshire and just thought, yeah, you know, this countryside is different from all the other countryside <laughs> I've witnessed on my travels. But it is glorious. Tell me about your glorious. time here. It was just, it was lovely because my brother lives in Huddersfield and it was my dad's birthday, so yeah. we went over. Before they started announcing... To your dad. Thank you. I'll thank him mm. on your behalf. Um, but you'll thank him. I will thank him. But it was thank before you. they like started introducing all these stupid new yeah. measures, and we were like, oh. But we went and we did limited things, and we wore a mask in the car with you and the entire time yeah. with the windows down. So there are measures you can take to. Yeah. So I think that's what we're trying to do, but also lots of lovely places to eat in Huddersfield. Really? Yeah, we went to this really nice, like, Mexican restaurant. The food was, like, the portions were massive. I could barely finish it. I love that. I love and that. And then we went to the Northern Tea House, which I think is in Huddersfield City Centre. And it was mm. incredible. Like, the breakfast was 10 out of 10. Really lovely, like, atmosphere. Nice. And then we went to Oakwell Hall, which is... Yeah, I've, I've never been here. Have you not? I've been to a lot of halls. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm going to look it up just in case. I think you would like it because it's got loads I of think I would too. grounds and it's free. <gasps> I love free. And it's this um, kind of restoration. Well, it's older than the restoration, but it's your, oh, it's lovely. It's your main guy, Charles II. So they were cavaliers. Oh, Charles II. So it's been restored <laughs> in that kind of dark wood panelling. Nice. Yeah. That sounds lovely. So, all in all, good weekend. Excellent weekend. And then we ruined it by going to Ikea midday on a Saturday. And it was hell on earth. People are animals. People are animals. People are animals. Um, so I've never been to Ikea. This astounds me still. Yeah, but you're not selling it to me <laughs> at the minute. <laughs> How were there, um, like social distancing measures so there was the longest queue i've ever stood in to get in so they had like you know when you go to a concert and they have those barriers that like snake around yeah. to break people up yeah. so we stood in one of them but it did move quite quickly but then it was like ready set go as soon as people were allowed in like standing too close to you people started moving Ew. in these big like clumps of herding oh it was madness it was like 
And my mum was like, because my mum has, she's a bit like immunocompromised situation. And she was like, they are just too close to me. So she got to a point, she was like, I'm carrying, I'm pushing the trolley so that I can, people will stay away from me. Yeah. (laughs) Because a trolley, I will say a trolley fully helps with that. It's like a force field. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get a trolley, get one. I would get a trolley. And if you want to steal social distance and they're not doing it. But there were just, it was madness. It was like people just crossing over you, people overtaking you. And yes, everyone was, for the majority, wearing a mask. But it was people screaming at their children. And, oh. Ruined it. Did you glare at them? We did. Did you give them a good glare? We did. Yeah, I've been glaring at a lot of people. You have to do it in your eyes. You have a lot to convey through your eyes these days. Yes, because I was sat having coffee in Starbucks with my mum earlier in the week. And in this particular Starbucks, there's two doors. There's one that's, like, close to... Well, it's where you queue in. Yeah. So it's close to the queue. So, obviously, that's the entrance. It says the entrance... It's a one-way system throughout. The other yeah. door is the, the exit. exit. It's simple logic that this is the case. Because <laughs> if you're going to exit through the entrance, you're passing through a ton of queuing people. Yeah. So me and my mum sat on a table closest to the exit, and a ridiculous amount of people decided to squeeze past oh. us in order to get out of the entrance. And... Surely it passed through their mind that this wasn't quite right. No. I think they just knew and were just lazy. Yeah. That they, I think that's they couldn't what it be bothered is. to go to the other door, which is like a, about a 30 second walk. Yeah. So I have a growing resentment, resentment for people. For the general public, from, yeah. 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 Because they, you're just ruining it. This is what I mean. Like it's I, that's when I say people wearing their masks under their noses. I think oh, yeah. you you've heard it, you've seen it, and you've gone. I need to buy a mask. You buy a mask. Yeah. And then you wear it under your nose. You can still breathe I through your nose. Like a couple of months ago, if they did yeah. this, we're six months it's in. It's been made. It's been made clear. I was sat on the train, and I could see a bunch of people just wearing it under their nose. Mm. And when they did the announcement, they were like, "Make sure you're covering your nose." They didn't change it. They didn't pull it above. And then one girl, I don't, I don't always resent teenage girls because I have been one. Oftentimes I love them. It's more <laughs> a resentment of teenagers in general mm-hmm. when I see them sometimes. And you know when you just kind of get thrown back to being a teenager and you just think, I we wouldn't have got along. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there was like, you know. You know you've done it, so you feel hypocritical, but when there's just really loud teenagers on a train... It's just obnoxiously loud. Like, you don't need to... Not to sound like a boomer, but... Yeah, because I know I do. (laughs) And half the time, I think they're great. They're the future. Children of the future. I've been one. Can't judge too much. (laughs) But... Oh, so this girl sat there with... with, I don't know. You know when you can see someone's really obviously trying to impress... Yeah. Like a teenage boy and you just want to say, not worth it. It's really not. not. Especially teenage boys. Like, Yeah, no. I think probably boys don't mature until they're, what, 23? It's hard to say if they ever mature. <laughs> we can't know for certain <laughs> that they do. <laughs> but anyway, so she was trying to impress this guy. Oh, yeah. So she's got her mask on under her nose. Here's an announcement to say, put it over your nose. Does move it up above her nose oh, for a little bit. Fair but enough. then proceeds to, any time she wants to talk to this guy, 
take the mask fully off. Oh my god. Then put it back on when he talks. Take off, put it on, take off. <laughs> I just wanted to go over there and be like, one, you you don't need to this boy's giving you nothing. Yeah. You know, stop wasting your time, have fun. Two, wear your bloody mask. You're on a train. It's not You're, difficult. Don't be taking it on and off. Just keep it on. He can hear you with it on. He can hear you. So I just, I don't know. I just find myself getting infuriated more often than not now. I just, I don't understand it. And I think the whole, especially because in the past week, the young people have been blamed um, for the rise in cases. Yeah. And I think, as a young person. Rude. Yeah. There's been so much conflicting messaging. Yeah. Young people are the more, people more likely to be working in like front-facing jobs, like service jobs. Yeah. And we've been told to eat out to help out for the economy. It's all about the economy. Go back to work. Of course. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, don't kill your granny. I know, it's rude. Like, yes, I will admit, there is some young people that are being ridiculous. But the amount of middle-aged people yeah. that I've seen just being the absolute worst. There's a bunch of Karens you know that don't want to wear a mask. And yeah. you're like, we're doing this for you. <laughs> exactly. This is for you. And so, yeah, I don't, I definitely don't think that the young people are to blame. When I see like pe- like old people doing the exact same thing as them, it's just that maybe, I don't know, people love to blame it on the young people. And it's distraction as well. Like, it's a distract from the Brexit stuff as well this week, I think, for sure. Yes, I think so. But also, I'm actually pleasantly surprised at, like, the amount of old people I see wearing a mask and stuff like that. It's heartening to see, yeah. Yeah. I would have thought maybe they'd struggle with it and, like, struggle with the change. Mm. But, like, even my gran wears a mask and she doesn't enjoy it. (laughs) She... She wears it, and it's lovely to see. Just get off with it. If they can follow a rule... Well, of course, he can follow rules. Okay, well, but Karen, you can distance from your friends when you go out for cocktails. Oh man! You know, and then if you're not going to, don't blame it on the young people for doing what you're doing. Don't come back from your week in Spain, and then not take your temperature, and then when you're displaying COVID symptoms, <sighs> go to the pub, go to the shops, just live your life. Don't do that. No. But, you know, en- enough of the COVID talk. Yeah, we've turned into a um, current we... affairs. <laughs> Apparently we're not happy today because we chose to talk about jobs and COVID. But I had a lovely week and I just remember we also went to the Yorkshire Sculpture Park, which again, I love it. 10 out of 10, would recommend. Yeah. There was like a lot, we were really scared because there were loads of people, but everyone disappeared after a while. You... Also, it's really big. It's a massive outdoor space. So you can space. go loads of different ways. Mm. and It is kind of a good place to avoid people. Yeah. When I went, I got, like, a couple of weeks ago, I got absolutely soaked in the rain. Oh, it was really lovely and sunny when we went, so I don't want to brag, yeah. but... Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> I I don't think I've been this wet in current times. I did not dress appropriately. Everyone else had brought an umbrella. Like, we were going up a hill to get back to the car. My brother was just dragging me up the hill, <laughs> holding an umbrella over me, dragging me up the hill. I was so done. Um, <laughs> and I just had to go... I was freezing the whole way home. But, you know, it was kind of nice. It reminded me of being a child. Being a kid and being that wet. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, like, stopped at a service station. It was quite wholesome. 
Did you? Yeah, we stopped. It Actually, it was my dad's birthday, so it was quite the birthday party because <laughs> we went on a walk where we got soaked. And then <laughs> we went to a service station where he got some chips from Burger King. Oh my god. I got a vegan steak bake from Greg's and we got some costas and then we sat in the car, watched the rain and ate it. So, happy birthday, Dad. That was his birthday meal. But yeah, take your take your dad to the Yorkshire Sculpture Park. Oh my god, you went for your dad's birthday yeah. too. Wow, happy birthday to the dads out there. <laughs> take them to a sculpture park, even if... Like, he was on the phone at the sculpture park. And I heard him say he wasn't enjoying it. Oh, no. <laughs> he was joking, but... Um, he wasn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> I w- we were all very confused, because we... I mean, we didn't see it to the very end, but the Damien Hirst stuff that's there at the minute... Yeah, the pregnant the pregnant skeleton woman. But it's like, you know when in... It's like medical um, mm-hmm. journals, you see all the muscles? So half of yeah. her was a pregnant woman. And then the and other half. half of was like a muscle bit of her. But then she was like scratching her bum with one hand and you could see like the baby inside her. It was all... I don't love them. They had a different one in Leeds City Centre about a summer ago. I don't know if you ever saw no, it. No, I don't think I did. It was similar except the person was not pregnant. And they're massive. Yeah, they're huge. Um, and yeah, I don't know if I can convey how big they are, but almost like... When you're that close to them, it's almost kind of uncomfortable how big they are. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a a thing should be that big. I'm trying to think but of a building I, that it's probably... It's like a... Would you say it's I the size think, of your average town hall? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that. <laughs> I'm trying to think what, of a universal what, thing. The, the better, like, sculpture that he did, they put in... Well, in my opinion, aren't subjective. But they put it in one of the, like, arcades in Leeds. And it was like um, an like an old it well, it was meant to look like an old sculpted angel sort of thing in marble. Oh. Um, so it was all white. It was lovely. And if you saw it from one side, you just think it was a nice sculpted angel. And the other side, it was like a skeleton, but it was all still done in the white marble. So it's classy so it, and I elegant. Thought, yeah. It wasn't massive. It was nice. The other ones I just didn't really like. Um. We're talking about selling out. I think Damien Hurst. Um, yeah. Yeah. We were talking about Damien it. Hurst. And when we got home, we were like, because we didn't, we were at the opposite end of the park and we saw it as we came away. So we weren't like looking at it, but it's hard to miss because it's massive. Yeah. And we were like, we, they, mum and dad sort of were, doing, were in art school say, around the same time. Yeah. And they were saying that he, you know, the kind of, the shark, because I remember seeing the shark in the formaldehyde. Yeah. In Tate, and it was like, oh, this is really cool, and it's, you know, there is something interesting about the show. But since then, it's like he just has to come up with ideas because he has backers and because he's a name. Yeah. And people will make them for him. Well, that's the thing that gets me that, like, he has the ideas and then leaves it to other people to do the hard bit, which is one thing, you know, that's okay, I guess. But two, I think. When you when you do something very shocking, it's hard to come up with something equally shocking mm. consistently throughout your career. Yeah. And is it really that as thought out? Like, have you spent the time to think about that idea? Yeah. Or is it just the first thing that came to your head? You've got people that are like, you've got deadlines. Yeah. Just come up with something. 
I, yeah, Damien, give us something different next time. <laughs> I really like the Marvel piece. I, I'm going to find it because I, I, yeah, I'm intrigued it by it. It was really nice. Mm. And if he did more like that, I, I like the idea of maybe like traditional art being, you know, shown in like a realistic way. So like mm. showing like one of the most beautiful things, which is like a marble statue. They're meant to be super beautiful. And then showing that they're human mm. by showing their internal Anatomy, organs. Yeah. yeah, I like that. But the others were just... I thought they were kind of tacky. They they looked like you would see it in a weird like biology classroom, like in the back. It, well, that was why it didn't seem that creative, because it just seemed like he got a textbook. something from a biology classroom and <laughs> sized it up. Yeah. I feel bad, Damien Hurst. Sorry. I, don't, I didn't mean to just trash on you. I actually like Damien Hurst a lot, but my body just didn't react well to me trying to compliment Damien Hurst. <laughs> yeah, that was a visceral reaction. It's like listening to Donald Trump on the telly. I just might have a physical reaction to it now. I can't do it. Okay, moving on. Moving um, on to today's uh, topic. Thank you for listening to us. Topic. Not moan, but we just a lot happens in the world. And we try and yeah. we try and have the podcast to like not for me anyways, like to not dwell on it or to look for I don't know. Yeah, to it's a little escape. Not annoy your family with the amount of opinions <laughs> you have on irrelevant things. But that's helpful. Yeah. That's what's going on in the world this week. Yeah, we're gonna become a news podcast. <laughs> Please and tell don't, you about Damien Hurst sculptures that I'm pretty sure were probably Put like first put out like a, a year ago, so we're a bit late <laughs> on the news. <laughs> but there you go, there you art go. news with Holly and Hannah. Yeah. Okay, so on to the topic of the day. Yeah, celebrity breakups. breakups. Yeah. I, I always get kind of nervous that I'm gonna say not that I'm gonna say the wrong thing, but like, I I what if I said like celebrity deaths and you just had to sit there and be like, oh no. <laughs> No, <laughs> I think there was an issue in translation. Yeah, celebrity breakups. Um, yeah. So today I'm going to be talking about the incredible and forever infamous rumours um, <gasps> recording from Fleetwood oh. Mac. I'm so happy you're doing this. <laughs> I didn't know if you were doing this. Did I so not confirm I'm... it? No, in my head, I don't know why I thought you were doing Miley Cyrus. So then when you came out with rumours, I was like, this is, I'm happy about it. I like Miley Cyrus, but I, you know, I want to hear more about it. I think at the end, once we've like done our bits, I think we should do some honourable mentions. You just rant about random ones. So we feel yeah, honourable mentions, yeah. because obviously even this year, there's been a lot. So anyway, so yeah. it's the 70s and great time. I think it was... 1975 that Lindsay Buckingham and mm. the incredible queen Stevie Nicks joined Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. So I have a few thoughts about just what I've found in my research. So I feel yeah. like in the 70s the way that men dressed like it wasn't good but they were brave. I feel like they ran with the like big collars you had yes. bell bottoms, you had, like, they just look chic. I don't know, not everyone, because the hair is I, not the No, one, I like... fully agree, because I, I have opinions on this. Yes, Because my mum was, like, at university in the 80s, and 
fashion in the 80s, especially among men, was kind of very experimental, kind of like androgynous. Mm. It was like men wearing makeup and stuff like that um, and wearing like bright colours. You know, it was incredible. And I remember when I was younger, she would always say stuff like, you know, men now and like male fashion just isn't exciting. Like it's, it's not. not fun. It's kind of just like suits, jeans, tops. And now I think we're getting back into a place where it is exciting because you have people like Harry Styles and even like when I see like men go on the runway and they're wearing like a skirt or a mm. dress. I just think, yes, give me more of that. I don't want to see you in a, like, in a suit. No. It's not exciting to me. So when I think about the 70s and the 80s and the, even the 60s, I just wish we had more of that because it was like... It's more colourful and not in like yeah. the whole, ooh, flower power way, but just like the looks that they were serving were just... There was something. It was something to look at. Something exciting. Different, yeah. And um, unlike now, if, I don't know if you looked at like musicians now, you got like Ed Sheeran turning up in some <sighs> jeans, jeans and a t-shirt. Like we have seen. But I understand like male, men's clothing. They have like very limited options. Fully understand mm. that. It's the higher ups' fault for this. But I think yeah. we need to bring back that kind of like experimental stuff through dress for men. I strongly. I think. Yeah, strongly you know, do. They deserve it. Um, yeah. But the hair, we don't need to bring back the long hair. What, and the... Which which hair do you mean? Do you just mean the long hair? Like I kind of like the long hair. You are partial to a long-haired man. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know when it looks stra- scraggly and unwashed? I don't like the scraggly, like, the 70s scraggly ponytail yeah. with, like, a waistcoat. That's, yeah. You know, uh, and, like, that really long, long beards that are just not good but i i did find that i was like starting to develop a little bit of a crush on lindsey buckingham i know he's not a good he wasn't a good man didn't treat stevie well he wasn't a but good man but eh. he was the most attractive one out of the rest of them in my opinion anyway we can move on from that yeah christine McVie, who yeah. is also a member of fleetwood mac her maiden name was perfect before she married the guy McVie. i can't remember what his name is what was her maiden name? Perfect. Per- oh, I thought you were just oh. saying that it was the perfect maiden name. I was it setting was it up. <laughs> was like, what was it? That's incredible. Isn't it? Like, that's such a I, nice name. I like her, but my dad always says that she, like, she's the better singer. And I, just, I, don't, I don't think she is. She's different. Um, I think you can't... It's not like you can't compare them, because I think they obviously worked really well together in the band. Yeah. But she's got a more, like sadder yeah sad like the songs that she sings on the album I like i just always prefer stevie yeah and i'm not comparing the women no you can prefer either i just for me stevie twirling round on the stage <laughs> singing about witchcraft always does something to oh, me incredible i just she's yeah incredible. i think she's got more probably energy i think whereas yeah i think christine kind of is a bit more like mellow it's, she is a bit more melancholy i would say yeah Sat at the piano having a bit of a cry. Yeah, that kind of while vibe. While Stevie twirls around. <laughs> in, in the same setting. We love that. <laughs> um, so often, Nix and McVeigh were pitted against each other by the press. and they were Which they shouldn't they be. They shouldn't have been. And they were always like trying to get them to like slag the other, the other one off. But they said they were the own, each other's only friend. And oh. they were close throughout it and all the sexism. 
and they never that, that makes me happy yeah they like never lowered to pit like fighting or competing with each other they were just each other's closest friend which i was like absolute queens love that yes love that they still friends now I don't know. I didn't really. I imagine I so because really see them together. But they reformed the band, in yeah, quite recently and did some tours. Well, yeah, because <laughs> I I was meant to go see Fleetwood Mac. <gasps> right, my I was desperate to go in about I don't know maybe two thousand fifteen. Yeah, when they were touring, um. And my mum and dad got tickets for us <gasps> to go. They had four tickets. Oh my god! I was meant to go. And then my stupid prom <gasps> was on the same day. No. And we all agreed that it would probably be better if I went to my prom because you know, Milestones. hanging out with your friends, being young instead of going to see Fleetwood Mac. Oh my parents. god! <laughs> it's probably a good idea. Um. So they went with their friends. Well, I was <gasps> oh yeah. my god! Did your brother go? <laughs> no, he stayed at home, and their friends brought their dog, so he just like babysat a dog, which oh my I was god. also kind of jealous of. That is so funny <laughs> that it was the one thing you wanted, and they got the ticket. And I like exactly, and like I came home from my prom <laughs> before they got home from seeing Fleetwood Mac. Oh, <laughs> it's just like my friend no. dropped me off, and I came in the house and just hung like hung out with the dog for a bit then I changed out my dress because it was massive and <laughs> of my course pajamas. and my mum my mum came home and she was so upset cause she was like oh I you should have gone didn't really get to see you in your dress that much <laughs> and she she didn't even enjoy it that much so. no <laughs> yeah she said it was just kind of like for her just watching some old people on stage <laughs> <laughs> which I get but it's, anyway it's back... not what you want to hear after you gave it up to sit in, in a big dress with your peers. Listen, I loved my prom. Was I a little resentful beforehand? Yes. <laughs> Afterwards, I thought, yes, that probably was the right decision. But <laughs> oh, it would have been good to see Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Especially if your mum didn't enjoy it that much. Yeah, I know. But that made me feel better because I okay. was like, well, if I'd have gone, would it have like, ruined my image The of image of it. Mac? Yeah, because in my head, there's still young and bopping about and yeah and she said a lot of the time it just like felt like really long like old riffs. people doing really long guitar yeah. solos and sort of one song drift into another she said she was bored <gasps> oh my god <laughs> which is not great critique of the like one of the best bands ever she went to <laughs> she paid all that money oh she went to the concert she was like mm. <laughs> i am bored. this one's not for me that's amazing that's amazing. Yes. What? Sorry, Fleetwood. What an icon. <laughs> anyway, give us the real drama. The now real and drama. I'll stop with the personal beef with Fleetwood Mac and my prom. <laughs> so there are the drug use that went on. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to have a black velvet bag of cocaine stashed under the mixing <laughs> desk, and they would periodically take hits while working. Aww. So Mick Fleetwood snorted a staggering amount over his career an estimated seven miles of cocaine <laughs> right that's not healthy and you know how is he still ad- alive addiction isn't funny but also up to seven miles of cocaine 
I'm just imagining like that all along a road and so he's just like, sniffing his way along. <laughs> like a hound dog, like <laughs> I mean, all I will say, how is how is his nose still intact? How is he still alive? He must I reckon like because people always like we know so much about how Stevie Nicks took cocaine. Like yeah. we know yeah. the effect it's had on her body. But we don't know anything about him and I don't know if that's a gendered thing that she's like or she's been more honest about it, but surely that's done some internal damage. You would think so. You would think so. Because that's... I don't... It's madness. I don't understand. Like, he could be one of those people that just was completely wild, though. And then they're just super healthy. For for some reason. They they're defy just, all logic yeah, and medicine. All and... modern medicine. Just... Yeah. Their body is just like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Yeah. So, uh, with all the drug use, um, yeah. during... When they were recording rumours for 11 months, communication between Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks often resorted into vicious fights where they were throwing stuff at each other. <laughs> John and Christine McVie weren't speaking at all. Oh. John McVie and Buckingham were also fighting, and McVie reportedly threw a glass of vodka at Buckingham's face on one occasion. Oh, and no. they still recorded that. Like, I think it's that's what's remarkable about it, is that there was so much fighting arguments cocaine use and they were writing songs about each other yeah and it just yeah it got made yeah it is um i don't know and i think that is why it is very remarkable that like the album is incredible <laughs> it's but an incre- how did it, it is how did it album how did it go how did so it happen like i don't know i really it's remarkable. So, cocaine use, again, with the cocaine, um, it was so rampant that the band even considered thanking their dealer in the album credits. Um, but they, they weren't allowed to do that. What? But can oh. you imagine, just like, <laughs> the dealer just gets a shout out. Um, oh no, he, that never happened, because um, he oh. was executed before the thing came out. Fleetwood wrote in his memoir. He was executed? That's what... Mick Fleetwood says. What? <laughs> I, I need more from that. What? <laughs> that was it. It was just one Sorry. line that said, the, unfortunately, they got co- snuffed, executed before the thing came out. Right, that is pretty unfortunate, I will say. Um, <laughs> but, so the dealer mm-hmm. was executed. Was executed, yeah. Right, we'll move on from that. (laughs) That's probably going to plague my brain for a bit. What happened to the dealer? (laughs) Yeah, he was. uh, Unfortunately, he was executed. And in fact, we dedicate this album (laughs) album to him. him. (laughs) They probably would have dedicated it to him anyway because, (laughs) you know, without him, the album may not have been so good. Not so, that you should use cocaine to write your albums. See, I think... But it just yeah, maybe worked for them. I think this is the issue with it, because it's like, was it the fact that they were all hating on each other and taking this amount of, like, drugs and there was so much, like, animosity? Does that play into the creative genius of it? Or is it... Would they have been writing that if they were getting on with each other? Like, I think it's that's why we're so interested in it because it's like, yeah, it deteriorated so massively. 
and they had to I record it for 11 months fact, and yeah you know too long maybe it was just that you know tensions were super high like they never ran out of stuff to write about so i reckon they could have yeah. done it without the cocaine but you know if you're having a lot of fights with people and then you add cocaine into the mix it's not going to make it better you know, it's not going to mellow everyone <laughs> out. It's going to, if you're shouting at someone before cocaine, after oh, cocaine, it's not, it's not going to be better. So yeah. it all got very, like, incestuous. And Mick Fleetwood, when they were recording it, Mick Fleetwood admitted yeah. that recording the album almost killed them. Um, and it was actually the bassist, John McVie, came up with the title because there were so many um, rumours circulating because of the affair. So that's where the name well, came from. yeah, you can't really be surprised. I would argue that potentially could they call them rumours when they seem to have been true? I mean, it yeah. wouldn't have had the same ring to it, but it could have been called fact, because they were being <laughs> terrible. <laughs> the truth. This is the truth. Yeah, this is the truth. <laughs> well, anyway, so, who yeah. was the worst man? The worst man? Yeah, which of the men? Oh, the worst. See, I think they're all bad in their own way. <laughs> <laughs> if you want my opinion. So I think okay. because Stevie and Lindsay Buckingham, they wrote so many songs. No, he wrote loads of songs about her. So he wrote Secondhand News, Never Going Back and Go Your Own Way about Stevie Nicks. Right. But she okay. like literally just blew all of them away with dreams so that yes a large part of the album was written about them two taking swipes at each other um i support that i support that so i think yeah so that's why i think lindsey buckingham's a bit of a he's a bit of a soft sad boy isn't he that he just has to yeah. write his feelings out in her and then makes her sing about herself like that's like what i yeah, think yeah is... that's i think that's the cruelest bit yeah um, that you would make her sing it and also like the clips of her singing it and then just giving him like the side eye as she's singing it. <laughs> Incredible. And the fact that she, even to this day she still has to sing it. Yeah, because I that's think that's uh, rude. The bit in um where she she told the Rolling Stone in Go Your Own Way, she said she very much resented him telling the world that packing up, shacking up with different men was all I wanted to do. It knew it wasn't true. <sighs> It was just an angry thing he said. But she still has to say it because Go Your Own Way is so yeah. iconic. And and yeah, so to this day, yeah. when they're on tour, she has to recount things that really hurt her in the past. Continually. Continually. It's like a, I wonder how you'd feel about it in retrospect because it's what made you famous. Maybe she just kind of distances herself mm. from the meaning of it now that she's like, oh, well, that's not really me anymore. Yeah. So I don't really feel it. But hard to know. Hard to know. And then she also is recorded saying, every time those words would come out on stage, I wanted to go over and kill him. He knew it, so he really pushed my buttons through that. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible of him. Mm-hmm. It's not That He was aware of that. <laughs> yeah. So then Mick Fleetwood, also Stevie Nicks, uh, fell madly in love with him at one point. Two years after yeah, joining the band. Stevie. Yeah. So, she was dating the Eagles' Don Henley, and Fleetwood was still married to a model. Uh. So, she still calls Fleetwood one of her great, great loves, 
It was a doomed thing and caused a lot of pain to everybody. Um, apparently, when Fleetwood told Lindsay Buckingham that uh, Lindsay said, nice of you to tell me. I appreciate it. Which is possibly the most sarcastic thing you could say. <laughs> That's what I want to say if, if I remember in the situation. Thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. it. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> I mean, either the most sarcastic thing to say, or she was on an immense amount of cocaine and she just was not registering what was happening. Oh, she was just 100%. like, uh, yeah, th- thanks for letting me know. It's insane. Like, So she upped her cocaine habit to cope with the fame and stress, oh. and it eventually began to damage her voice. So then they started, and so basically their whole relationship was just like cocaine fueled, and they both made each other worse. She reportedly bought a million dollars worth of cocaine and ended up with a dime-sized hole in her nose. Now, I don't know how big a dime is, but I can imagine that's a pretty big... It's big. ...thing to have. Too big to have in your nose. But what I really (laughs) want to know is, how many miles worth of cocaine did she spend? They haven't... They haven't reported it. They've just said she spent a million dollars on cocaine. I I mean, I'd say that's probably (laughs) a lot to spend. Probably a, a lot of miles. I heard that because of the the hole in her nose, she had to do find different ways to do cocaine. Like, she didn't stop. I have heard this as well, but I think it was from you telling me, so I don't think it was... Um, there was so we no... don't have any reliable source for this? No. Yeah, so it may not be true. But I kind of believe it. Yeah, so she couldn't do it from her nose anymore, so some... Somehow she did it anally. I don't know oh. how. How? I don't know how she did it. I don't know if that's true or if that works. And I don't advise you try it. <laughs> I don't advise you try cocaine at all. Home experiment. Too serious, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, that that shows a, a woman in a worrying place, mm-hmm. I would say. Oh, yeah. You know, if, you, if you're making a hole in your nose, mm-hmm. not, you know, not a piercing, just a massive hole... Stop the drug, because that's like—is that it? Eating at her the cartilage in her nose—is that how that happens? I, I imagine. I don't know. I think it's like, like the, corrosion. It's just re- corrosion. Yeah, Ooh, I would say no. So yeah, that so... is why I would just not do drugs because I, I'm very sensitive about my nose. That <laughs> <laughs> like the idea of having a dime-shaped hole in it. Worries me massively. I, I couldn't take it. No. Stop it. Don't do drugs. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Official message from Goldshag. I'm sure. Stop it. Stop it. Don't do them. <laughs> if, if it's corroding your nose, it's probably best to put it away. Yeah. I think it's our official message. Yeah. There are, there are signs to look out for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably one of the major ones. <laughs> You know, when, when it's hurting your body and you're not stopping, yeah, that's, that's the time to get help. When the fun stops, stop. <laughs> Turning into like a... It's not funny. We're, we're laughing for through the pain for um, Stevie. For, <laughs> for Stevie. So they have an affair, Stevie Nicks and Mike Fleetwood. Yeah. Uh, but he's still married. And then after his marriage breaks down, unsurprisingly, he yeah, embarks on a relationship with Stevie Nicks' best friend. Right. Just if you're someone's best friend, maybe don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not her fault. No. But not blaming the best friend, but just stay. Maybe there's just more people don't have out an there. affair with your best friend's um, 
what, what would what, yeah a, a fair man a fair man <laughs> lover lover um know. so but stevie said she said i had a very dear friend whose name was sarah who just went after mick and they fell in love and the next thing sarah's husband is calling me to say sarah moved in with nick in with mick this morning and i just thought you might want to know the well <laughs> The husband seems quite chilled about the whole thing. He's got the Lindsay Buckingham approach. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for informing me. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. I want to let you know. Oh, so, but so she said that was three months into a thirteen-month album. So this is for Tusk, which was um, recorded quite I a few years later. I love Tusk. And then I, she said she lost Mick, which wasn't that big of a deal because it was a rocky relationship. But losing my friend Sarah, that was a huge blow. Sarah was banished Aww. from the studio by the rest of the band. No one was speaking, and I wouldn't even look directly at Mick. That went on for months, and it was great fodder for writing. The songs poured out of us. <laughs> well, you know, at least she's looking at the positives. I know, but to lose your friend, like... I, it's not something that... You know, in those situations, I think I've just fully blamed Mick, because... Yeah, fully. Because... You know, I think she could have reconciled with her friend if it wasn't him. Yeah. Like, the band wasn't involved. Like, if it had been any other man, like, her friend clearly meant a lot to her. I think they could have eventually been like, okay, we mean too much to each other to let this come between our yeah. friendship. Yeah. But because it was him and the whole band was involved, like, he ruined her friendship. He did. I would fully blame him. Yeah. Yeah. And they, um, but apparently Fleetwood and Sarah got married and they were married for seven years. Oh, okay, so I guess you can't be dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that's not something that's easy to get over if your best friend's gone and married a man that was the great love of your life. Oh, I mean, I think you have to have a lot, like a strong sense of character to make peace with it if you think it's the great love of your life. But was yeah, that cocaine fueled? You know, <laughs> I think the overriding question on all of this situation is probably was it cocaine fueled? <laughs> The answer is probably yes. yes. <laughs> Big time. So then um, John, McV- John McVie once joked that the two people who hadn't had an affair are him and Lindsay because Christine McVie, so John McVie and Christine McVie were married. She began an affair with Martin Birch, who was Fleetwood Mac's sound engineer. The man, the band Ooh. then got rid of him. And what? <laughs> Honestly, the lesson is like don't have an affair with someone in Fleetwood Mac because they will isolate you. They will get you they out. They will if you're make not... you lose your job. Yeah. They will shun you. If you're not one of the main band members who they can't get rid of because they need it yeah. for like the trauma fuel or whatever that's filling their <laughs> song lyrics. Trauma fuel. Trauma fuel. Yeah. Great name for a band. Trauma fuel. Yeah. Coin it. That's yeah. We'll get. Yeah, that no on one there. steal it. That's ours. <laughs> so the McVees were in trouble because they were still legally married when they started recording rumors, but they weren't speaking to each other. Um, yeah. we literally didn't talk other than to say, "What key is this song in?" Christine later well, told Uncut. We were as cold as ice to each other because John found it easier that way because he was. To be fair, this is actually really sad. Like he. I had really big issues with alcohol, alcoholism. Aww. So that's why they weren't really speaking because I don't think Christine could cope with it anymore. And she started a relationship with the band's lighting director, um, which caused loads of tension for the rest of the group. And, and you don't really want to like upset the lighting manager no. because you know they have so much control over what you look like. Like you don't want yeah. to piss off 
stage crew. Any do budding not people do out it. there. <laughs> yeah, don't. Be nice to everyone, otherwise. You will be turned on. <laughs> so the sad thing is she said she broke up with John in the middle of a tour. Um, she had to do it for her sanity. It was either that or me ending up in a lunatic asylum. So he was acting really strangely when they were on tour. He would pace up and down hotel corridors at night, yelling Christine's name while she hid in her room. And yeah, so now he talks candidly about Christine! his alcoholism and he doesn't blame Christine for leaving him. Oh, okay. Well, so I, yeah, I have more sympathy for him. Yeah. I think if he seems you know. just a sad soul. An addiction is a disease. So, you know. Yeah. I think they were all diseased in that way. Yes. Oh, yes. So, so then I thought I'd do an end with a fun little, where are they now? Yay! <laughs> so, again, actually this one's quite sad. Stevie oh. Nicks <laughs> briefly married Kim Anderson, who is the widower of her best friend in 1983, after Snyder... Um, and her, so her friend Robin Snyder, she died yeah. um, two days after giving birth to her baby. So three months after that, Nix and the widower were married, yeah. but then split after a few months later um, because she kind of, she was doing it for her friends. So her, yeah. so the, you know, the little boy would have like someone to grow up with, a mum. Yeah. And then, but this report said they split up after a few months because Nick said she felt her friend's presence in the nursery, which is a bit spooky witchy. Well, so her friend was her friend's presence then being like angry and and saying she did it didn't elaborate. Did oh, oh, was it just that she felt because her friend was there, the child didn't need her as well? Oh, maybe. I didn't think of it like that. But like I just don't, you know, a ghost isn't a good parent. <laughs> You know? <laughs> Practically, so may- yeah. Maybe she should have stayed. And I think they have a really, had- they have a really good relationship, like as with her oh, stepson, because now he is her stepson because she was married to the yeah. guy. So it, it has a semi happy ending. Mick Fleetwood married his third wife in 1995. They have two twin, seventeen year old daughters, and but they split in 2013. So it's quite like a normal relationship. Uh, yeah. John John McVie has been married to. A woman since 1978. Christine oh, McVie married... That's super long. It's really long, isn't it? Yeah. Like... Didn't expect it. No. Christine McVie married fellow keyboard player Eddie Quintilia in 1986, but they got divorced in 2003. And Lindsay Buckingham has been married to Christine Messer since 2000. They have three children. They um, recently won a lawsuit against Fleetwood Mac after he was kicked out of the band in 2018. <laughs> And that's where they but are he now. Won. He was kicked. He won the lawsuit. He did. Why was he kicked out? I couldn't really. I didn't really go into that. Like, but I think it was probably over. Like, I think he was demanding money or something. Oh, okay. But he won. But he so won it. the lawsuit, so he had grounds. <laughs> yeah. Well. So that is the that story. That is the story yeah. of um the incredible album and how it came to be. Yeah. Cocaine fuel. Numerous affairs and cocaine. <laughs> not not the message you want to share with young artists out no. there. <laughs> but that's not the only way to be successful. <laughs> but so it is a way. Please don't try it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it worked for them, it but did. they had years of unhappiness. Yes. So, and even now, are suing each other. Yeah. So, 
maybe is it worth avoid it? it? Is it worth it? Yeah, I just I'm like, do you want to be the person that you know is sleeping with your best friend's boyfriends and stuff? Do you want to go through the emotional tor- turmoil just to get that trauma, trauma fuel? I don't think I could deal. I'm too lazy. <laughs> it does seem like a lot of effort. I mean, if someone came to me and said, you could be a great artist if you, like, if you agree to, you know, fall out with people consistently <laughs> and do a ton of drugs. Speak well, not the drug thing, but that has oh, okay. just reminded me. I meant to do an update at the beginning of the podcast because okay. Gabby Hanna has oh my God, yeah, 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 yeah. very, very recently. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. I wanted to do an update on this too. <laughs> Sorry, it's coming at the end, uh, an hour in, but here we are. Yeah, So listen to an hour in to know the update. <laughs> Gabby Hanna has taken a swipe at Trisha Paytas, saying that Again. she's written her song about her without telling <gasps> Trisha. So obviously Trisha's pop. We said this, didn't we? We said this, yeah. that they don't know how else to be other than to have this like drama fuel and kick it all off. And they know that Trisha's going to go off on one and it's made it to the drama channel have you seen have you seen her tiktoks no trisha's tiktoks where she's just like getting she does one where she's just, like basically being like i'm scared of abby gabby Hanna, oh no i have basically. seen that one. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she's done ones where she basically just playing the bits that the drama channels have said mm. um but yeah i I, you know, I watch that and I'm like, these women are too old for this. Yeah. Grow up. It's really like they don't, but they don't know how else to stay relevant. They don't know how but else like, to. Gabby Hanna is serious about being an actual artist, doing poetry, blah blah blah. How does she ever expect to be taken seriously if I don't know all she can do to get her name out there is to just start more drama. I don't know. No, that's not the way to do it, Gab. And the whole thing is that she took a break to have, a, like, a mental health break. Is this really how you're going to reintroduce yourself to the internet? Yeah. The same just old stuff? Just avoid. Just don't mention other YouTubers' names. <sighs> anyway, so that was that was the update. <laughs> I love it. Oh, and I guess, like, another small update, but you'll know. <laughs> you'll know. Kardashians has ended. Yeah. Um, or is ending. And it's definitely because of our podcast. Yeah, we we drove them off. The Kim emailed screen. us. She said, <laughs> "Take this down, or you know, we're cancelling the show." And we were like, "Kim, no." It's what time. she did say was, "We have some constructive." She was like, "We listen to your points, and you have really good points. We didn't think about that for our children. <laughs> we're worried so about children now. <laughs> we've <laughs> we've nipped we're that in the bud." This. Yeah. Um. How, how, Am I bothered that it's over? I mean, I never watched it, so... No. No, I never watched it either. <laughs> and also, I, I just... Right, I see clips from the early seasons, and I think, yeah, that seems entertaining. Any clips from the late seasons, other one than when they're fighting with each other, which just seems so fake to me, because they're adults. Yeah. You know, if you're still yeah. fighting to the extent of hitting your siblings when you're in your 30s and early 40s, just... Stop! No, stop. stop seeing your siblings. That's not healthy. Um, yeah. But the other than that, yeah. the seasons just seem so boring that I'm not really surprised it's ending now. I can't really think that they're no. going to make it exciting without talking about Kanye being Kanye, and he he's not even bothered yeah. about the show. And yeah. also, it's I think it's served its purpose, hasn't it? Like they've got their billions and they've got all their brands and like yeah, they they've don't, got their own stuff you know. now. Yeah. 
Okay, so, yeah, so that was a nice break in the middle. We are on the pulse. Yeah. Okay. So, breakups. Back to them. Um, so, I'm mainly going to talk about Ewan McGregor. Because... He's been a ma- breakups, bad man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You said breakups. I struggled to think of something immediately that wasn't, like, a super obvious one. Um, so I was thinking, like, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and stuff like that, but I was mm-hmm. like, no, I don't feel too passionately about it. Uh, Brad and Jennifer Aniston. And then I brought <laughs> it up to my mum in the car, and she immediately had so many opinions on so many celebrities <laughs> that she seems to still resent to this day. Uh, honestly, I couldn't talk about Brad and Jen and Angelina because I would do a disservice to my mum, who ranted about it for about 10 minutes despite it happening probably 20 years ago now um it's still in her psyche isn't it though it still causes pain yes she feels terrible for jennifer um but has recently (laughs) learned to see brad as the villain and not angelina and i think that's growth in feminism um Mm -hmm. so yeah, she came up with a bunch of ideas she was telling me. And then she that, like, why don't you do Ewan McGregor? Because Ewan McGregor is someone that me and my mum loved. As a family, I think we loved Ewan McGregor. Yeah, he was a big part of, like, stuff in our childhoods. Like, yeah. And he's Scottish, but so he has that extra Scottish. thing. Yeah, <laughs> he has the extra thing. Um, But, yeah, I always thought he was lovely. Loved his films. Yes, he was a big part of our childhood. And my mum loved him too. Family family love for you, McGregor. <laughs> um, and I always think it's quite nice when... And I know it shouldn't be. It's really normal. But when there's celebrities who've been married to their spouse for a long time. Mm. Because a lot of the times when celebrities get married or are in relationships, you think, oh, it's just a publicity thing. Yeah, isn't that mad? That it's yeah, like... The biggest example of this is... Sean Mendes and um who was that girl that he was dating? Oh, I don't Shawn know. Sean Mendes and um she was the girl that they sung the song to Oh my god, I can't remember I'm forgetting her name. It's really rude to her. <laughs> Ca- Camila Cabello. Oh, the most that, recent, yeah. Yeah, they were dating for like a year and everyone was like this is clearly just publicity. No one believed it for the whole time they were together and even when they supposedly broke up recently, I saw tweets that were like Oh, their contracts ended. Oh. So no one believed it. So when you see the like opposite of that, someone who's been married to their wife a long time, you're like, oh, that's really nice. I know that's just like so sad, <laughs> but it makes them seem genuine. <laughs> so Ewan McGregor had uh, also just a bit of background. I kind of didn't want to research this because I had so much fuel to just <laughs> rant about it, but I felt I should get some facts and dates. But it was hard because there was so much stuff like by the sun and the Daily Mail oh, that I, I didn't hate. want to be. Yeah. Yeah, and also I did at some point feel like it was their life, so I didn't want to like pry too much yeah. into some bits, or and I didn't want to be spreading false information. But I mean, I am kind of doing that anyway. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so Ewan was married to Eve. Maverick is. Um, she's French, so I'm sorry if I'm butchering her name. Um, she's a production designer, and they were married for 22 years. Wow, and that is a that is a long time. Yeah, whenever I listen to him talk about her in an interview, 
he was so lovely, like they seemed genuinely in love mm. and they had two children together and adopted two children as well. Oh. So they had four children. They just seemed like a really sweet and loving couple. Very happy for them. So then in 2017, some pictures came out mm. in the press of Ewan kissing Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um who he was co-stars with at the time, or had been. Um, and, okay, it was then confirmed that he had been split from Eve for five months, but the belief is that they split because, due to him hmm. either being in love with Mary or having an affair. Aww. So, yeah, they split. And how um, old is Mary? She's in her th- 30s. I think that there's over a 10-year, I'd say maybe like a 15-year age difference. Which, I'm going to just quickly Google it because, um, I'm actually not going to Google it, I'm just going to spout <laughs> what might be lies. I think maybe Eve was a little bit older than him or his age. Okay, so and that's... And then he goes for, like, a younger woman. Mm. I'm going to look up her age, actually, so bear with me. Eve, my... He just, okay. he just becomes a cliché, really. So Eve is 54, and Ewan is... 49 so yeah she was older than him and mm. then he goes for a younger woman and uh, yeah that must have felt lovely so mary and ewan met on the set of fargo and that sparked the romance and then i think he supposedly fell in love with her told his wife that then they got divorced but also they could have been having an affair well i suppose it is an affair if you're in love with another woman so. <laughs> emotional cheating is still cheating yeah. <laughs> remember that um so yeah then you and mary go public in like november of the same year they're holding hands in los angeles then update next update 2018 this comes from people which i'm hoping it you know use good sources (laughs) um they noted that ewan filed for divorce from eve so he filed for divorce citing irreconcilable differences and I imagine that difference was the fact that he was in love with another woman Um, yeah and so yeah I think it's widely assumed that the divorce is because of his romance with Mary Um, and that's pretty evident from the reaction from his children which I will get into later Mm. because that has to be the most iconic thing about this whole divorce (laughs) I know it's sad it's their family but uh, I respect these children um also, there was monetary disagreements. Um, so the lawyer said this isn't true, but apparently Ewan claimed in court, and there are court documents that showed this, so I don't know why they claimed it wasn't true. He claimed that he paid more than was necessary to cover child support in the past and therefore wanted reimbursement <gasps> and or credit. What? I know! Okay, so the lawyer said that that wasn't true and they weren't having issues with money, but I pretty sure that was in the court document so how is it not true i don't understand oh my god i don't have enough grasp on the law so just don't hate you and too much but if that's true stop it that's mad also eve was trying to get full custody of the girls which i think shows they're not on good terms at Mm. all because if your husband hasn't been having an affair you're probably gonna let him have joint custody yeah but she was going for full or at least full custody of that old, their youngest child, who at this point is the only one that's still a, fully a child. Right, right, right. So the reaction of the children. Um, 
the two oldest girls were the only ones to react publicly on like Instagram and let me tell you <laughs> they were quite the reactions. So we'll start with Clara, who is the oldest, and she commented on a picture of Mary on Instagram that was shared by like one of Mary's fan accounts. Oh my god. She commented, Most beautiful intelligent woman on earth question mark. Oh man, you're a, y'all are delusional. <laughs> the girl is a piece of trash. Oh pet. my god. <laughs> And then she said, she later said that wasn't her finest moment, but we'll <laughs> put some slack. <laughs> and then she posted at a different point a photo on Instagram of her mom on the beach in like a bikini. She looked lovely. And someone commented on it saying, Good to know you have the smoke show jeans. Keep her, keep her away from your boyfriends, as in saying, like, oh, her mom. Your mom's very attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep her away from boyfriends because they'll go towards her. And Clara replies, Nah, I keep her away from asshole men who leave my goddess of a mother. So fully just being like, my dad is trash. Now they she seems to still hang out with her dad at some point at some points now. So they clearly have made up little bits, but I think generally the children fully resent mm. him a little. And then their daughter Esther um, wrote a song about the separation. Oh on my Instagram. god. Which, again, iconic. She The song's called Made You a Man. <laughs> and these are some of the lines. I read some dumb shit that I found online. Seeing those pictures are making me cry. Happy birthday to me, am I right? And the reason she says happy birthday is the pictures of her dad kissing the other woman were released on her birthday. Oh, no. So she found out about that on her birthday. Oh, my God. And then she says, I don't know how to forgive. I don't know if I can. Ruining me. So oh, man. Clearly, they didn't love their dad at the time, uh, which is pretty fair. Yeah, I think it's fair. And this, so I think that kind of shows that he pretty much did have an affair. Um, so how old, how old no are the good. girls? I, I would say at this time that Clara would have been... Between, like, 18 and 20... Uh, I'd say maybe 21, actually. So... Because I think maybe she's 24 now. And uh, then Esther, I, between 16 and 18. They were, like, late teens, yeah. young adults. Um, but... So that's why they were only trying to get full custody of the youngest the younger child. Ones, yeah. Because I think the other adopted girl is the same age as Esther, and then there's the youngest one that is maybe, like, 8 or 9. Oh, or okay. So oh all the, the children seem to support their mother. Um, they have like their mum like post pictures with them online. They all seem really close. Um, but they do seem to hang out with their dad a bit now. So maybe they've got <laughs> a better relationship. But you know, Man. Eve is Eve does not have a good relationship with you. And let's just say that they have not had an easy divorce. The divorce finalized in twenty twenty, and they have joint custody of their youngest child. And Ewan is responsible for paying Eve. Like nearly fifteen thousand dollars per month in child support, as well as a trust fund set up for their daughter's educational expen- expenses, and he also pays Eve nearly thirty six thousand dollars per month in spousal support. So per she's month. Getting, per month, she's getting like about fifty thousand dollars. Oh my god! From Ewan <laughs> for herself and the children. Rich people are so, mental. Imagine just having. So what's fifty times twelve? You're expecting a lot. 600,000. Basic math. A year. 
Yeah. Just from child, yep. just from like child support. Oh my god. So yeah, well, there's the two sides of this. Um, that that's a terrible amount of money that no one needs. But also, <laughs> yeah. if she's milking him dry. Oh, fair enough. I think don't have an issue with that because I was asking my mum why she she gets like more ch- spousal support than there is child support. Um, which I didn't really understand, but I guess it all makes sense. And she was saying that it might be that um, Eve maybe had to like give up her job to raise the four children oh, they I had or something, yeah. and so she's getting the money from him that she would have got from her career. Right. But I don't know that for definite. Anyway, the most the weirdest aspect I would say about this is recently, maybe two thousand nineteen, Ewan wins a Golden Globe for his work on Fargo, I think. And he thanks both Mary and Eve. Oh, no. So he says, I've always, yeah, I've always loved being an actor and hanging out with actors. And got I got amazing actors to work with on this. And it wouldn't be, and it wouldn't be anything, I think that's meant to say. Oh, and there wouldn't be any Emmett or Stassi without David Michael, Carrie Coon. And there would be no Ray without Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So thank you very much. I also think maybe him and Mary had broken up at this time as well. And then he says, I want to take a moment to thank Eve, who always stood beside me for 22 years, and my four children, I love you. So you might think, oh, that's kind of sweet. Yeah. Like he's, maybe they're close now. Um, the Daily Mail goes to catch up with Eve. Oh, my God. In the, and they know <laughs> this is in the home that she and you and once shared in California. And they ask her how she felt about this moment when he thanked her. And she said, no, I did not like his speech. <laughs> so he's like, thank you for standing by me. And she is just like, nope, no. no." And so the other one I was going to talk about as well is Colin Firth, because he kind of has the opposite experience of that in that he's cheated on instead of cheating people. And he's also in a relationship for 22 years. Like in the, he's also married for 22 years. Um, however, this was confusing. So he's married to Olivia. Um, and, yeah, they're married for 22 years, so I was under the belief she had an affair, and it does say that. So, in 2000, 2018, they they both announced that Livia had had an affair with journalist Marco Brancafio. Mm. But then they say when her and Colin were separated, so I'm confused okay, so maybe they if had... it was an affair or not. Yeah. I don't know if they separated because of the affair and she continued right, right, it. Right, right, right. But then, they got back together... And they had to announce that she'd had the affair because Marco was stalking her. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's kind of tragic. And then eventually they just get a divorce all together. So, I don't know. I kind of thought that'd be more juicy, and I guess it is because she was She's stalked. She's stalked. But um, I, I don't know. I couldn't figure out if she fully cheated on him. Or I, I guess if you're separated, you're not fully broken up. So maybe... That, I don't know, that counts as an affair. I was very confused by the whole thing. Yeah. But, well, you know, sorry, Colin, about your deteriorating marriage. And I hope you're happy now. It was his birthday the other day. Oh, so. happy birthday, Colin Firth. Yeah, I hope you're not too lonely. <laughs> oh my god, that's bleak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I just kind of, I felt very sad by the Ewan one. And it makes me distrust him. It seems like it's been terribly handled. 
I feel like yes. if you can afford to pay that much money in like child support every month, then you should have somebody that's literally going to coach you on how to like go through this properly. Because I was I was listening to someone talk about the Gwyneth Paltrow. She's written a piece for Vogue, I think, um, where she talks oh, right, about okay. conscious uncoupling. And <laughs> I think this is the thing. Like it became such a joke, but she's actually yes. saying like they were trying to do differently and still trying to be in each other's lives and for their children and could they reach a point where they it wasn't hugely and like it wasn't this big like animosity thing um and I might actually read it because it sounds interesting that you know she I think she does quite like dangerous things with the pseudoscience for goop and the kind of rich list thing but and her privilege and her huge privilege um but I, I think there's, she was trying to, you know, work through her own divorce in her yeah. own way, which I think is... I like what she did. Yeah. I like the theory behind it. I think I'd like it more if it wasn't Gwyneth Paltrow saying yeah. it from, like, a very privileged point, because it maybe is, a divorce is a very hard thing to go through, and there's a lot of monetary issues, mm. like... It's expensive. It's one of the most expensive things to do that should just be easy. Yeah. Um, so when there's money involved and custody over children and maybe like an affair or some sort of abuse or something, mm. I don't know if it's that easy to get to out consciously of it. uncouple yeah. and, and do and as much as even if your spouse cheated on you, you should your priority should be thinking of a child if there's yeah. a child and how yeah. and not putting your resentment onto them no. that seems like such a hard thing to do to act impartial when mm. all you want to do is be like this person is terrible and was terrible yeah. to me can you imagine if you if you had been married to someone for 22 years you have four children together and then yeah. they sack you off for some younger woman and it's just it's exactly. so stereotypical we just kind of expect it now we're not surprised by it at all it's like i know anytime a couple that's been together, like a celebrity couple that's been together a long amount of time, gets a divorce. You always expect that the man will then go and find a younger woman. Mm. It's just kind of what men in Hollywood do. And I'm not saying that that's there's necessarily something wrong with that, but there is a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think the frequency like, with which it happens is, you think, right? Well, what's this saying? Like largely about well. There's, I'm going to reference something that is a bit weird, but on the show Bojack Horseman, there is an arc where a a dog man (laughs) is, he has been married three times, and he's basically wondering why none of his relationships work. He's been famous in the past, so he has all this money, and he always ends up with just fighting with his wives a lot and then getting divorced and his like ex-wife says to him like you're marrying these really young girls Mm. and then they're outgrowing you yeah so if essentially what i get from that is if you're a man in your 40s or 50s and you're going out with someone who's in their 20s they're gonna grow a lot in those years and you maybe have finished your maturing but they have not so that's what i think is wrong about it is because that relationship's not going to work out. You're not going to be happier. Hmm. They're not going to be happier. And, you know, do you not feel like you've wasted your time a bit? I think that because it's like you're at such... I've always felt this with age gaps. And I do think there's like a difference yeah. with 
power plays and you know especially what came out of me too yeah you know people using their position of power and authority to hugely like harass people and you know sexually abuse people which is just awful but I think if you are with someone who's in a vastly different time from yeah. you like have have had a very different life experience and I think there's something about like the mysticism of love that if you fall in love with someone you can't help it it's like a yeah, instinctual I mean, thing yeah there's there's instances of you know, like girls in their 20s or boys in their 20s falling in love with someone who's in their 50s and that working out yeah like um what's Aaron and Sam Taylor Johnson yeah they're happy they have their family yeah. I don't see that not working out maybe they just it just works were at similar emotional maturities and it works yeah and I think I'm not saying it never can yeah, I think that's the difference I think it's it it just seems like people are at such different ages and want different things at different ages and yeah. how do you sustain that if you're from like two different times really well, <laughs> well I feel like people like Sam Taylor Johnson probably weren't looking for a younger man who no. was like his mentality was younger but I think a lot of older men when and I'm generalizing but when older men are looking for a younger woman they're looking for that younger woman mentality. Mm-hmm. They want them to be slightly immature. Like young, they don't want to them... give them a new yeah, lease of fun. life and all that exactly. rubbish. Exactly, like the cool girl from Gone Girl, yeah. that's what they want. They want this teeny tiny little child woman. Um, <laughs> and that's why that doesn't work out. If you're looking for someone with the same priorities as you and like maturity and the same wants, that will work out. Mm. But if you're looking for someone who's just young, you can't expect that person to stay that way. No. Because of course they won't. <laughs> Silly. So yeah, so that is... I'm I'm so sad with you, McGregor, because I do think... And also, my brother's called Yuan, and it's not the same way. Yeah, ruin the name. He's ruined the name. He's not... <laughs> it's not quite... Is it spelt the same, though? No. Okay, then it's, not, it's okay. It's okay. But I think I was upset, yeah, because even now... Did you watch that Christopher Robin film he was in? No, I didn't actually. No. That's a really good film. It makes me really sad. Oh, no. Re- like, if you want to see something that's just really precious and makes you sad, watch it. The whole time I was kind of watching it, I was very immersed in it, but also thinking, oh, God, I hate Ewan. Oh. He has, like, a family in it, and I was just thinking... He's ruined that. Just you wait. He's going to leave you. <laughs> <laughs> just struggle to trust him. And I feel like I've found my way onto like you and mcgregor tiktok sometimes like i see a lot of you and mcgregor videos <laughs> and it's all these girls being like love him and i just think you were the chosen oh. one <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly you won you won oh. i just i was disappointed and i still am i think that's it and i think you know obviously we don't know these people because of the whole the celebrity relationship thing but i think you want people that you support to be good people or to act in a good way and I think because he fell into a, yeah. such a cliche with it after he'd been married for 22 years like just uh, and for his daughters to be know. that publicly yeah like, calling I think him it out had to be worse than we realized yeah because you don't do maybe that you, maybe you because, don't need to do that yeah, you like, don't want to you want to keep your private life as private as possible because it's always being like intruded in isn't it yeah and by and tabloids the mum to still be like even when he thanked her in a speech be like no i don't want anything yeah to do there's with some that. real like 
issues you, there. Yeah, you wouldn't be like that if you just got a divorce. It had to be a pretty terrible divorce. Mm. And to what and to try and get sole custody of a child as well. Yeah. You don't I don't think you do that unless something's going on. You really believe that other person is not capable. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, just some ranting about men. <laughs> That's what we're slowly drifting into each week. Yeah. Do you know what makes me sad? What? When uh, this is kind of bad, but like you know, when there's men that are very devoted for their to their wife, like celebrities. I know this is very shallow, but they're very devoted for their to their wife, and then the wife dies. I feel like there's a lot of instances of that. <laughs> like it happened. <laughs> but it happened to Liam Neeson. Oh, that is um, sad though. Pierce Brosnan, and then recently um, John Travolta, who I feel different about because he is a Scientologist, but his wife died, and oh. they'd been together for a long time, and they still had a young child as well. Oh. Yeah, I just feel, and then they they just always seem a little sad to me. I thought you were suggesting it like they offed them or something, like there was some sort of, they couldn't, (laughs) (laughs) no one has a happy marriage that happy. So they off them. (laughs) I kind of love love that as well. I wish I had some examples to give you of male celebrities offing their wives. Maybe that could be another, a new segment. Yeah. I wonder if there is any. (laughs) Oh, there will be. There must be one. There will be. But yeah, do you have any honourable mentions before we finish? I mean, I would say that the, like, I've mentioned it already, I just think it's very, when you think of celebrity breakups, I think a lot of people think of Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, Mm. because everyone loved Jennifer Aniston, she was on Friends, she was wholesome, we all loved her. Well, this is, I think maybe this was before I was born or when I was about one, so like, I wasn't really aware (laughs) of what was happening. 22 years ago at least. Okay, I'm, I'm like sort of, this is just anger that's been passed down from my mum. <laughs> but everyone loved Jen. She was a lovely girl. Brad Pitt, great guy too. He appeared on an episode of Friends. It was really funny. Did he? Everyone loved it. Yeah, he was like, it was like a Thanksgiving episode. And the premise of it is that he hates Jennifer Aniston's character. And it was like, ha ha ha, right, funny, because right, right. they're married. Yeah. yeah. Then he goes to film Mr. and Mrs. Smith, or whatever it's called, with Angelina Jolie. They have an affair, and he divorces Jen. Jennifer. Everyone was heartbroken for it. Couldn't believe he'd do this to Jennifer. And this is the thing: I think there was a lot of hate towards Angelina because I think a lot of people back in the time blame the feminism, woman. Yeah, wasn't so progressed. They would blame the woman and be like, "How dare she steal Brad from Jen?" Anyway, cut to now. <laughs> Angelina and Brad are divorced, yeah. and apparently he's a very bad father, would fight with his children, there's like evidence of it happening, his children don't really speak to him, Angelina being the perfect mother, <laughs> making sure they're all happy, out of the limelight, blah blah blah, a lot more support for Angelina now, yeah. and I think, I think a lot of stuff came out in their divorce where he was bad, she was good, um... But yeah, essentially, she just seems really nice. No one really blames her anymore. Well, I'm sure some people do. And we all blame Brad for just being terrible. And there was pictures of Brad and Jennifer at an award ceremony probably like last year. And they seemed to be okay with each other. Although it did seem a little bit awkward. A little bit staged, yeah. Although she looks incredible now. And I just think Brad Pitt looks more and more like... Oh, he looks me- He looks weird, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, looks a bit dirty. He kind of has that... Dirty. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like he needs a good wash. <laughs> he has that sort of like, I 
feel like when I see Leonardo DiCaprio, I kind of think of him as well, where I just think Hollywood man, kind of dirty bit <laughs> there, dating young girls. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like Leo DiCaprio and all his has never in the public eye had a girlfriend over twenty five. Never, Ooh. not once. And now he's he's he, turning into a dirty old man. You are right. It's like you're exactly. very very swiftly into that stereotype. And I think I, I I'm gonna probably spout some wrong information, but you can research it. Um, the girl he's dating now, I think he'd like met her when she was like a teenager, because she's some sort of director's daughter. Relative yeah, no, you are right. Because yeah. we I remember we looked it up when we were yeah. at uni. Yeah, like it's just don't who Leo. Stop it. Stop being leery. Stop it. But what about you? What's your honourable mention? I My honourable mention will be Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth. This made me sad. I think that's it. I think because... I was rooting for them. A lot of what happened when Miley Cyrus was like breaking out when she was like twerking on Robin Thicke and stuff. Yeah. Like, weird. But, and it probably, in retrospect... I don't want to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast with her because I don't want to support it. So maybe I'll just look for something that does like highlights yeah. or something. But um, I think, you know, she obviously wanted to break out from something or she wanted to express herself in a different way. Yeah. But I, it was so, we were so happy when they got back together and when they were, yeah. they got married and then they're like, they were affected by the California fires and obviously because they're celebrities yeah. that it's different, but like their house burnt down or something. And, and then, they donated a bunch of money. Yeah. And they had all these dogs together. And you just thought, oh, well, they figured it out and they've come back together. And, and their wedding photos were the so cute. wedding photos cute. were so sweet. And then it's just... And then she ended up with Cody Simpson, who she's also broken up with. That was weird. But he's a weird no, but you're man. A, I guess it wasn't weird because, like, we don't know the ins and outs of it. But she, like, from what from our perspective, she broke up with Liam and then she was with that woman for a bit. Oh, yeah. And then she was with Cody Simpson. And it all happened very fast. <laughs> and that's her prerogative. And I'm not judging her. But I felt sad. Yeah. I felt like if I was Liam, I'd feel a bit sad seeing all that in the public eye. <laughs> <laughs> And she's allowed to do what she wants, and I'm not judging her, but I just I just felt sad for Liam. I did. But this is, if Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner ever break up... Oh, that would be I the will end. Be dis- yeah. like, I'll be sad. I will not believe in love. Yeah. Absolutely. And they just had their baby. They did. This, like, hiding your pregnancy thing, I'm really intrigued by it. It seems to she be... She had... I saw some paparazzi shots while she was pregnant. She had some good outfit options did she 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 wore sometimes she was just wearing like biker shorts and a baggy top and it looked nice but a lot of the time she was wearing like baby doll dresses and cute things like that and while pregnant was still doing um black life matter marches excellent she's still protesting we love she and people were like judging her for while she was pregnant going and protesting she's like no i'm going yeah that's i'm doing she's doing her bit she's incredible and i hope her and joe are happy forever yeah i think that's a really nice like one and a hopeful couple to end on, I think. Nick Jonas and Priyanka can break up. Oh, like, I don't really care about them. She's not. She's great. not great. No, they just don't like. I, I again, it's their life. I not good, but <laughs> they don't seem to match as a couple. You know. Yeah. They don't they seem to don't... have fun. No. Do you see that video of her just clapping to the? 
open it. Like I think it was like a clap for carers thing. No. But then she's just clapping to an open field. <laughs> and from what I can gather, I feel like Nick Jonas must have filmed it. Oh, that's weird. But it's just sort of silence while she claps to no one. Uh, oh man. Okay. So yeah. There we go, ladies and our like five percent of mom. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Um and we'll see you next week with a new episode of Culture Hanks. Peace out. See ya, wouldn't wanna be ya.